Starting Up Florida is a podcast that highlights startup activity in the Sunshine State, from Orlando to Miami to Tallahassee to Jacksonville and everywhere in between. The podcast is hosted by me, Marco Santana, a reporter who has been speaking to and about entrepreneurs for nearly 10 years. Hi, everybody. This is Marco Santana, and this is Starting Up Florida. Uh, I am here in a teeny tiny room at the uh, library <laughs> with uh, somebody I just recently met. I'm actually kind of excited. This guy's uh, Felix Benucci. Um, the reason I'm excited is that I have not known him long, right? And the, one of the, the, the big things I'm trying to do with this podcast is really highlight the different stages of entrepreneurialism that's out there right now in Orlando. Um, so, Felix, uh, thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks Appreciate for it. accommodating and standing up instead of uh, being <laughs> all comfortable. But can you talk to me about, you have a thing called Keeper. Uh, that's one of your startups that's coming that you're working on right now. Um, talk to me about what it is. It's something veterinary services uh, related. And can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, thanks, Marco. Um, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build a cloud-based platform that helps uh, pet owners and their veterinarians collaborate better when it when a pet has a medical condition and is see, and is going through a medical treatment plan. What we're trying to do is make sure that a lot of that information can be cataloged and tracked, and then trend analysis for the veterinarian so that as they periodically review these things with the pet uh, with the pet owners, they're able to make better and more informed mm-hmm. clinical decisions. And the whole idea is that we want to improve the outcomes for these treatment plans. Now, you talk about trend analysis and, and, and doing a lot of buzzwords. Basically, sure. basically you're saying um, we want, you want to help you know, veterinarians care for users' dogs and, and cats and, and, uh, and pets as well as they can. Yes. So we're trying to provide data that has not existed mm-hmm, before. Mm-hmm. And we're think, our, our premise is that by having this data, veterinarians will be able to process their patient flow more efficiently, uh-huh. and we can improve how the veterinarian and the pet owner actually communicate when situ- uh, around all this um, activity. When you when you um, um, go out and, and you have this idea and you and you feel like this is something that could that could hit, um, I, I don't necessarily. I'm not necessarily super interested in how much. positive response you're getting but what is it like for you to go out there in front of a veterinarian and try to pitch something and say put it out into the wild right and hope somebody responds positive so what's that like the whole process when you first started kind of pitching us that's great you know actually so um we as a team i actually uh got us involved in the Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. i-core lean startup sort of um uh, program i-core is like a local program yeah it's out of ucf and um so we did it and you know that was a um you know we were a team you know we had a veterinarian on our team you know it's not it's not like we were sitting there like blinded by the realities of things but at the same time we had a pretty formed idea of what we wanted to try to accomplish but to your question, you know, we had to go through a process of actually interviewing veterinarians. Right. Bang, bang, bang. A lot and of those programs like i they, re- they require that. That's one of their yes. steps, saying basically validation. You're trying to validate the market. And you have to try to do that in person. So right. I literally went and talked to 20-some in, uh, veterinarians mm. here in the Orlando market and made appointments with them and actually just, like, talked to them about right. these things. And that was a very great exercise. I highly recommend it for anyone. It's just that, you know, you have to really listen to the to the conversation. That's a big moment. I mean, that, I think that's one thing that, that I don't mean to interrupt you. I yeah. apologize. But that's a big moment because if you... 
if you talk to 20 vets and they all say this is a terrible idea, you're pretty much, okay, you, you have to either go to the drawing board or shut it down or something because you have to listen to the market, right? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I think that's that's a, a moment in a startup's life that, that I think is underplayed a little bit, you know, because, I mean, there has to be some nerves out there because this could be the end of it. Yeah, you know, and this is very much so. I mean, I think there's a, a natural instinct with some people who get into entrepreneurialism that they have this billion dollar idea. And We're all they, gonna be Facebook. And you need to like hide it as you're in your garage mm. baking this cake and that you're ready to reveal it and it's gonna be this wonderful wedding, you right, know? Right. And in and, and and I think one of the things that's great about these types of programs is it just says, you know, get out of that. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, it, the more conversations that you're having about this, the more battlefield tested you are. And you have to realize the mountain of assumptions that you're making in your thesis because guess what a lot of them are going to be wrong and you need to make sure that you have a process that you can continue to evaluate to ensure that as you move through the process that you're not clinging on to poor assumptions that are going to screw up your business down the line well i've never started a business so i I think but but i do my best to not oversimplify it but i think i think it's a matter of look you've got to get your idea out there so people can tell you how bad it is, yep. right? I mean, obviously, the good side as well, but, like, you have to look for the chinks in the armor yep. and try to see what you can fix and how you can fix it. Yeah, and I think also just the big thing is, is, like, you know, the interview process is a tricky thing, and I think that's something that takes time for you to get better at. You mean the validation process? Like when you're, as you're yeah, yeah, Because it's not something you can just say, hey, I'll just schedule time with people, right? right there's right. actually a process of just getting better at it, you know? And I think there's, because what you have to do is stro- set up a conversation, and you're trying to ask questions without just completely saying, here's my idea, is it good or bad? Mm-hmm. What you're trying to do is have a conversation so that you can understand what are their pain points mm-hmm. in their days? Mm-hmm. What are these issues? Because what you're trying to understand is at the top of the funnel, what are these things that just circulate in their head right. day to day? And then start to think about as they and react to that conversation and then peel the onion and understand. Are there enough people who have that pain point to make it worth you pursuing this? Yes. Basically. And it also, if depending on it is, it helps you think about how you position your product. Mm-hmm. Can you relate this product to the pain points that they're identifying? Is it something that has a natural... Uh, connection to. And those are going to be some helpful ways in thinking about as you talk to potential customers, this is what I'm trying to do. Now, you guys have a, a team of four, you were saying earlier. Yes. Um, you know, where do, where do those relationships start? And, and uh, you know, give me a sense of just what it's like to build a team. You're early on, I imagine they're mostly friends probably that just yeah. had, had, had uh, positively reacted to your idea, right? Um, where do you go from here and how did you build this team and what's what's the sense? Is it like just a bunch of people screwing around because you're all buddies? <laughs> or like, uh, this, you know, these, are, these are great questions yeah. and you know what? I, I've, um, I've had two previous startup experiences that I was um, founder on mm-hmm. and uh, or co-founder on at least and, and, and one of the biggest things that I had with failures was that you didn't have a prior relationships with some of those people. Some of them had a little bit more than others, and that makes it challenging. And I you mean team members. Team members yeah. and everything, that even co-founders. Right, though. Right. And I would say is that it's, 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 it's a challenge because starting a business is filled with a lot of potholes, and there's going to be screaming and kicking <laughs> at certain points. And if you don't have something to fall back on that's sitting there as a safety net in that rapport that uh-huh. you have with those people, you know... Even in, even in some of my conversations with some of my business partners, you know, with Jason and stuff like that, you know, just we have these things and you have to like, there has to be something under there 
that has to help you so that the the, the challenging moments don't blow up and mm-hmm. completely break apart. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so to your question, you know, our 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 team was pretty much rooted basically because we all have kids that were like uh, in school together. And right, I think, right. you know, I, I hate to say it, but when you're middle age and you start to have kids, sort of a lot of your social network starts to be de- uh, redefined a lot yeah. by based on your yeah, kids' yeah. activities. And fortunately, so through the years, I mean, we had a few years. My, my daughter's seven years old now. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I started to, you know, basically you, you start to understand, okay, here's some people. This guy, you know, Kirby was a so- is a software developer. You know, uh, Charles, mm-hmm. he's also a software developer. And so, you know, there's these things where it's like, okay, hey, is do we have enough here in terms of like expertise? And I think right. that's the great thing actually with our team. You know, we have somebody who's a veterinarian who brings us mm-hmm. the, the inside experience. You know, myself, I'm a business developer. I'm more the business guy. Uh, I can understand product development, right. uh, product marketing, all those types of things. Um, Kirby is a software developer, does a lot of back-end systems, and Charles is our mobile app developer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do have a lot of very complementary skill sets. So I'm very comfortable in that sense because I think right now we have a very good coverage, at least on the base unit of things. Obviously, you're going to always need more developers. Right, <laughs> right, especially when you scale. You yes. Scale. I mean, scale. well, yeah. it's just amazing. It's just like, you know, this process is, 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 is involves so much, you know, we're building a cloud-based platform. So right. Right now, you've got I've got uh, Charles who's building out you know our iOS app that's being going to be used by the end users, uh-huh. and you know he's obviously going to then have to build out an Android app when we get to that, right? right? But you know when you really get down the line of it, you're going to eventually have somebody who really builds out your iOS app, and you have a separate person handling your Android. So you already are a couple steps ahead in, in your head, at least. Yeah, well, you know where you need to get to. <clears throat> right. I mean, at some point, there's an aspect of how do you do the hustle and get your stuff done to mm-hmm. whatever you need to minimum viable product. Right. So for us right now, we're not worried about Android right now. We're going to just focus it right now on iOS. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll obviously, our mission is to obviously be available on the Android platform right. because of the device penetration. So, um, But we want to first make sure that our minimum viable product that we validate is addressing the clinical issues that we're trying to solve mm-hmm. uh, in the veterinary pet owner dynamic. Well, talk to me a little bit about um, just just maintaining a family life, maintaining, you know, you, you mentioned your kids. Um, you know, what, what as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, sometimes I feel like entrepreneurs need 27 hours in a day, right? Yeah. But what's that, what's that like for you? How do you balance that? You know, it's, it's challenging because, uh, you know, a startup is... It, there's a lot of, um, well, you know, I guess here's what I would say. A startup has what? Probably like a 99% chance of failure. Something like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you're basically always looking at a situation that looks like complete crap, you right. know, and, and you're always trying to um, build out and think about how you can make sure that you have an, a, some more runway of credibility and mm-hmm. sustainability. And, you know, as you're navigating through that cloud of war, if you will, yeah. it's really, um, it's, 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 you know, there's ups and downs, you yeah. know, I mean, it's just like, it's a process, you know, we were at, with that, with that chat with, uh, what's his name, um, Phil from uh, Unique. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a roller coaster. And, you know, there's a, the challenges I would say is that, you know, it makes, for these up and downs and then you're juggling the family life where guess what I have a seven-year-old daughter right. 
and you know she needs to make sure that she has the right type of focus from me mm-hmm. that I'm not sitting there like pulling my hair out and stuff like that right. because things are going backwards or something like that. Well, I'll, I'll ask the follow-up question then. I mean, then why do it? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 and I, I mean that very. Yeah. But, but I, I have a lot of entrepreneurs who I've met, and it's, it's always uh, to me it's a very interesting thing where like they they do say these things, and, and it's it's very understandable. I've met hundreds and not thousands of entrepreneurs over the years, and um, but. They all still they'll they'll come they'll talk to me about here's why it's tough and all because I'll I'll ask because that that's what I am interested in, but then you know you ask them why and they get some really good answers for for, for you why why do it? I mean, you know, for me, it because again like I I see that I like to try to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's something trying to solve a problem that someone hasn't addressed is compelling to me. Mm-hmm. You know. Especially if you think that there's enough of a problem there that to make something out of it, right? And that's always been something that I, I fixate at. Um, you know, is there an opportunity to kind of create something that either solves this problem or or, or drives a new opportunity that may have not existed? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to really, um, I, I think there's an aspect of entrepreneurism, especially with especially with the successful ones, is that there's this zeal, mm-hmm. you know, and right. it's like you have to be mission-driven that you're trying to do this. And, and obviously, I think the secondary aspect of that is that you have a subject matter that you can really be obsessive about, mm-hmm. you know, because, again, like, because of how many times you get knocked down, you have to feel like you really are engaged with this, this sector of business mm-hmm. that you're really tackling the problem around or else, you know, it's going to get it's going to hit that point where you're going to hit your breaking point, you right, know? Right. And, it, and, and the easier it is to hit your breaking point, probably the, the higher degree chance that you're going to fail because that's the issue. Is it takes a lot of perseverance and sometimes stubbornness. Yeah. Other times, though, you also need to think and, and be, uh, you have to learn to listen. And it's a challenge. That's a huge challenging thing for, for a startup because... Obviously, you want advice, and I think there's a lot of times you definitely want to you want to hear the message. But I will tell you is that um, filtering that advice mm-hmm. and turning it into what is going to be most beneficial for you is a big challenge because you'll hear everything. Right, right. And you know, sometimes even these people are powerful people that have done stuff, and in retrospect, they may give you bad advice. Well, you know, it's it's interesting to me like to see how people kind of balance the fact, um, not to get overly dramatic, that, but by statist- statistically speaking, they're probably going to fail, mm-hmm. right? Statistically speaking. But in their head, they know they're going to succeed, right? That, that, to me, is a very interesting balance that entrepreneurs present. I mean, where, where they're not, they're, they, they see the data. Yeah. They see the data and they see how tough it is. I mean, they see it in person. Like, every day, they're thinking, well, shit, what am I going to do tomorrow? Yeah. Can I can I pay the bills in another week? Will my wife support me for another another month? You know, those kind of things are always in their head. Um, at the same time, they are just dead set. This is going to be the one that succeeds, right? Yeah. Um, what, what's that like? What's that like to, to have the, that, that dynamic? To me, it would be like a battle in my head and probably make me go crazy. You have this wild 
imagination mm-hmm. of that lush green forest that you're trying to create. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like Narnia's out there, yeah, right? <laughs> somehow you're creating this magical unicorn environment. So, um, you know, honestly, I think, again, it, it has to stem a little bit of an aspect that you really have a passion for this sector because that will always anchor you to saying, you know what, if you're doing, if you've identified a strong enough problem mm-hmm. for a sector that you can be passionate about, you know that'll help you really refocus yourself and really recalibrate. Now, what I will say is, continually create a process of evaluation, mm-hmm. and, and this is not to create self doubt, but it is also good to know when you need to fold mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. pivot. Yeah. You know, you know there there are times where you have to say. Can we get to here? You know, and yeah. as I said in my previous startup, you know, we had a point where we had to try to get to a certain, we were creating a product, we had to get to a certain level of accuracy, and we could not get the sub-millimeter <laughs> precision. Right. And at, at some point, we just had to say, you know what, we're not able to do this. We, we couldn't solve the math on it. We couldn't get the mechanics, the, the, the mechatronics going with the, with, the, with the device. And it was a very complicated problem. And, you know... You just had to call it. We're talking about a previous startup that you guys yeah. you had, yes. you had been, been involved in. The interesting thing about uh, what you just mentioned, the interesting thing about having uh, 99% fail is that there are a lot of people <laughs> It's probably worse than 99.9 or whatever. I mean, but there's a lot of people out there who have failed. Yes. Right? So, I mean, I mean, especially uh, in an ecosystem like UCF or probably like, like Central Florida where you do have UCF, Rollins College, full sale. But you, I, I, I pinpoint UCF because it's the second largest college in the country. So you have just probably by math, the most student entrepreneurs are trying to, 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 to do things. And as they're learning their lessons, um, you know, they leave college, they fail within a year. That's another resource, right? I mean, there's yeah. another person who, who could talk to you about what went wrong. And I mean, I, I think that's, that's a side of things that I don't think is, is really pumped up enough. And I guess I understand it. Like, yeah, let's, let's pump up our failures. But at the same time, I think you need that. You need an uh, ecosystem that can talk about failure. Yeah, maybe we need to start abandonstartup.com. There you go. There <laughs> you know? you go. No, honestly, I mean, there's 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 a, there's a huge amount of uh, human aspect to a startup, you mm-hmm. know, and it's it's it takes a lot of coordination, um, and I think uh, anyone who has gone through the process. Will have hopefully I've been able to identify and learn from some of their mistakes. Now mm-hmm. I think the key thing is is can you really identify <coughs> them and do do you create sort of like a, uh, you know if you unfortunately go through that process, can you actually step back and really think about that objectively right. and try to learn lessons about yeah. what the issues are? And again, you're trying to learn lessons. You're not trying to run away from what happened mm-hmm. before. Right, right. <laughs> you know, absolutely. But the instinct is to run away, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think you know it's just again sometimes some people it's 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 sort of like that that highly PTSD kind of thing. You right. know, it's like right. and you don't. That's going to be your worst thing that you want to do because it's then you're you're going to be running away from something that yeah. is unavoidable. You make poor decisions when you're emotional. Yeah, I mean, that's and just a, and so don't. Let that part of it go, but just at least learn. Okay, well, you know what? This is what might have helped this made better, or this is where we had some really uh, critical failures, uh-huh. and just try to think about what led to those things. What were some of the things? And you'll find probably that there are communication issues, right. skill set uh, 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 misplacement. You know, there's just be honest with yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah and there's yeah. just a lot of those things. But again, being able to go through that process is really beneficial because it'll help you become better in your next stage. What's where are you now? What's keeper? What's next for keeper? So, 
We are really excited. Um, we've got our MVP uh, pretty much done, and now we're going to be setting up a beta test with okay. a core set of uh, 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 select veterinary practices. The fact that you have that veterinarian on on yeah. on, on, you know, on your on your on team, team yep. this is like very uh, helpful. Yeah, very helpful. Jason yeah. is you know obviously he's he's got a network of people, and myself you know I've been also in my uh, participating in that I core thing. I've right. been you know contacting things. So we have we have a, a set of uh, veterinary practices. You know, our biggest thing is is getting uh, a certain amount of patients testing on the platform, and getting a variety of inputs from different types of veterinary practices. Mm -hmm. We want a certain amount of volume per practice so that they're engaged with the platform a little bit. But what we're trying to do is get some initial feedback on that mm -hmm. to understand what is the clinical impact that we're making on the decisions that uh, these veterinarians are making with their right, patients. Right. And then the whole idea is then uh, we have a roadmap of how we want to evolve the product, but we want to listen to some of the things that sort of come about from the vets just to make sure that we validate those ideas before we pursue them aggressively. There's that word again, validation, right? That's, yeah. That's, uh, I yeah. mean, it's, again, you know, this is this is something that I will highly recommend is that, you know, when, you, when you're trying to build a startup, you know, there's always this grand vision of what you want to build. And, you mm -hmm. know, I can tell you the the bells and whistles you know we can talk about it, it needs to be a car that has 900 horsepower <laughs> right. can do all these different things but you know you got to like start to think about is it. like well what do i need to first validate first right. what is at the core essence of this product and what am i really trying to solve and how do i strip that product so that it really only addresses that and i can simplify the development path to get to that and validate that issue and that way you, in case, as you battle test it, and let's say it's successful, well, then now you know what you need to do to layer on new features, mm -hmm. right? So you've validated that core principle. If you, if you invalidate it, you haven't wasted a ton of resources right. to get there, right. and then you can make some decisions on how you need to pivot it and what needs to evolve, but you didn't, like, waste so much energy. And I think that's a key thing. I mean, and it, it takes some work. But, you know, I would highly recommend is, like, really be good at defining what your minimum viable product mm -hmm. is to make sure that you aren't sitting there and trying to build, uh, you know, the, the Towers of Babel before right. and, and then find out that it's completely misplaced. All right. Well, Felix Benucci, uh, thank you so much for joining me. Um, you know, uh, this is, these are always good conversations. I enjoy them and, and, and I appreciate it. And to listeners out there, thanks for listening. And, and we'll be back next next week. Have a good day.